Amen. So there are people in history that just defy common reasoning. Statistically, you can't explain what they did. It doesn't make sense. They went against the normal. They they felt God tell them something, and they went for it when it was impossible in their eyes and the eyes around the people. These same, same people, they refused to be bound by the cultural normal. Instead, they rise to the high calling of God in their lives. I tell you what, it's two ways, well, three ways we could be, two ways we can be bound by the cultural normal. One, we feel there's no more hope, and we become complacent. Two, and this is what I believe the world, the enemy, wants us to live with. That we get so damaged and hurt that we actually start to act not like a Christian and believe it's for God. Let me say this. There's many ways to justify righteous anger. God has the ability in His righteous anger in the Old Covenant to wipe a whole city out, to destroy a government. Nowhere in New Testament does it give us permission to let our righteous anger slander, backstab, and destroy another life on this earth. My righteous anger, oh man, I got anger that's not righteous all the time. Just drive in the Fraser Valley during rush hour or in Vancouver during rush hour. Oh my goodness. What happened to courteous drivers? What happened in my day and age when we got a driver's license? It was a privilege that we were allowed to drive on the road. And we used to all come to four-way stop signs and say, oh, you go. No, you go. No, no, it's okay. You go. You go. And we created lineups behind us because we were too courteous to everybody. It's like if you would follow someone, you know, three or four car lengths behind them in the freeway, it was not courteous. It made the driver in front of you nervous. But now if you don't follow half a car length, you're not getting anywhere. People just all cut in because people have taken what was a privilege and taken it to that it's what I get to do, that it's my, my right, it's my right. But it's never our right to hate something so bad that we destroy people, especially sinners. That wasn't in my notes, but it sounded good, Brent. Thank you. I don't like what happens in our world, and we need to rise up. We need to empower government. We need to empower our, our teachers, unions. We need to empower and bring Christian values back into our nation in a powerful way. We need changes. 
These same people called history makers refuse to be bound by the cultural norm. They're just not going to go down that path. They actually make a decision, I am not going to let what's happening in the world anger me so much that I become inefficient or I do something the wrong way. Otherwise, Jesus would have been a very angry man. He was righteous. And once in a while, it came out in a different way. He looked at the religious leaders and said, You hypocrites! Religious leaders, in other words, he said that because they actually knew better. But they were building their own kingdom instead of his, his father's. We need to learn from these people that are called history makers. Every history maker is famous and known for what they did not for what they did not do. They're known for what they did do and not for what they did not do. Complacency will never make history makers. We can never just be comfortable in our walking Christian lifestyle to where that lame person in there or the person coughing in the mall, it's a symbol and a sign that our duty is to go heal them in Jesus' name. Not, oh boy, I don't want to get sick. Once we live in the fear of sickness, I believe you've opened the door to great sickness. You know the story when I was at a Mother Teresa home in Africa and I held that little dying, I don't know, she's five or six years old, a dying of AIDS. No one would hold her unless they had big long gloves on. And the nurses said, don't touch her. She's very infectious. The smell that came out of her little crib bed thing was unbelievable. As soon as the nurses walked away, I, the person I was with knew what I was going to do, he said. I watched him walk away with my bare arms, stuff oozing out of her body onto me. And one eye, just one eye, opened and looked in my face. And I believe and I pray that she saw the face of Jesus Christ. And I put her back down just as the nurses came back around. And the head nurse came up to me and said, you picked her up, didn't you? <laughs> they could see on my arms. And they handed me a towel to wipe up. And both nurses started to cry. Because they said that's the compassion that Jesus would have had. And that little girl died the next morning. I tell you what. <laughs> when I'm called home, don't pray me back. <laughs> if your unsaved loved one is called home, pray them back. When I'm called, whatever it is that takes my earthly body out, I'm going from glory to glory. Doesn't matter if it's a disease, sickness, accident. I've survived so many things right now by God and the grace of God. I've survived accidents. I've had trucks drive through our car and never touch us. I've, I've been 
pulled the trigger six, four times with a, with a pistol on my forehead and it misfired four times. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I just, I, I, I don't really care if you're dying of a disease, whatever it is. I'm not putting a mask on. Just come up and let's pray. If I put my faith in a mask, uh-oh. I'm not saying don't wear a mask. You wear a mask all you want, absolutely. Nothing wrong with you wearing a mask. But I truly believe no matter what comes through this earth, God has a plan and a purpose for you now. And we're in the greatest opportunity the church has ever had in history right now. We can actually reach the most amount of people in history. With Christ, we know at least 5,000 plus came. But now, online, whole what you can reach. What we can reach right now, people watching. I believe that we are in the season of the greatest move and revival that this world has ever seen. And the only thing that's ever going to stop it or curb it is complacency or fear in the church. And I want to tell you what, this is not a time to have fear, and this is not a time to be complacent. This is a time to choose to be history makers. Because no history maker wasn't, didn't become one without them willfully choosing to go for it. Every one of you have been destined and called to be history makers. It's in your DNA. Jesus is in you. His DNA is in us. He was a history maker. I mean, literally, wars and wars were fought over that history maker. To this day, if there's one group of religion that's fought against the most in all the world, and especially Canada right now, is Christianity. It's so, what an awesome opportunity to become history makers. Can you imagine if just this group right here made it to the news? Not protesting. Made it to the news. Whoa, something happened in the Fraser Valley of Canada. The hospitals are bringing their, by ambulance the sick people to this group called Windward. Don't even know what they're about. But they come in on a stretcher and they go out walking and cheering and praising God. Can you imagine? I truly believe that many Christians and churches have allowed themselves to become known for their boxes or religion instead of their passions. Many Christians and churches focus more on their rules that defeat the identity of their people instead of empowering each person's calling. <laughs> you know what? People say, well, what are the rules in the church? Love God. <laughs> well, no, no give, me, give me the rules. Do I sign here to become a member? Love God. Pursue Him. Our rule book is right here. That's why the second part is called Word the wind of the Spirit moving on the Word of God. That's our structure. Yeah, but what if I want to come up front and dance and sing? Amen. When your clothes start falling off, we'll, we'll put some covers around you. What if I just want to sit in my chair and just sit there? It's up to you. But we're praying that the seat gets so hot you won't be able to sit in it for long. 
We got a little buzzer, electric shock things we're going to plug in. <laughs> Whoever's not into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. When churches and people literally defeat people's identity by rules, what you do is you become famous for what you don't do because you fit into a righteous box and you don't receive benefit out of it, which is actually called slavery. See, servants are a good thing. They actually paid, and they appreciate their position to serve the house. Slaves don't want to do what they do, but they're captives by a structure that makes them do what they don't want to do. I just say, you know what? I just don't find that a new covenant anymore. <laughs> Never found it a new covenant. I just don't find it anymore. Many of us find our inner being or longing stirring and burning for the great adventure. How many of you, oh, let's be honest, how many of you believe, without a complacent mind right now, believe that God has called you for something great? Put your hand up. Amen. He has. That is the Word of God. He didn't, he didn't create anyone to be small and nothing and insignificant. He actually created people to be like David instead of people like Saul's army. He created people not to be fearful of the giants because really, when you have him in you, they're not really giants. They're just big things. But they're only big if you go and try to compare yourself to them. But when you compare yourself to God, they're small. David, don't know his size. Goliath physically was big. But David knew who he was and didn't see the bigness of Goliath. All he saw was this flea trying to infect the army, this little whatever, trying to put fear and succeeded into this mighty, Saul's mighty army. They even tried to put Saul's armor on him. Saul was big, David wasn't, but, but David was. God's looking for Davids. We prophesied over one here this morning. But he's looking for Davids to rise up. He's looking for Esthers. He's looking for all the people to become into the greatest, the greatest passionate lovers of him that have ever walked the face of this earth. If we're going to walk as God's ruling royalty, then we have to do certain things. I believe we need to live a life in continual prayer. That doesn't mean you sit at home for 12 hours a day and do nothing else. No. It means that while you're at work, you're in an attitude of prayer. While you're at school, you're in an attitude of prayer. Another thing we need is to live life uh, to the fullness of God's calling is we need to be a blessing to the church, but we need to be a blessing to the people. That if we have an attitude to always receive, 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 instead of give, 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 we got it backwards. A third thing is we need to have dreams that are actually unreasonable. 
We need to have vision and goals that are unreasonable, that it's impossible for you to attain without his work and help in your life or people around you. If your vision is able to be done by you alone, that's called a spirit of independence, and God has actually never done a spirit of independence because independent spirit always leads to pride. Because then you have accomplished the vision and you didn't need anyone else to help you. It's pride. God's never called you to be independent. Where in Scripture does he say, oh, and by the way, you should be saved by Jesus Christ and walk in power and authority and no one else around you, never connect with anyone else, never gather with the saints, never pray together, just do it your way. Uh Uh-uh. Doesn't work. Doesn't work in the kingdom. Fourth thing, we need to have a servant heart. We actually need to count it an honor to serve. People are like, yeah, yeah, we're, we, we, we love Windward, but don't get us to serve. Don't get us to serve. Well, I feel like you have a, a gift of service in children's ministry. Hey, anything but children's ministry. Well, maybe you need to be offended. It's kind of like if you've had a family. How many of you have had children? Well, the men put their hands up. You didn't actually have them, but you helped raise them. (laughs) I watched all three of mine come out of that woman right there, my wife. I did not have those children. (laughs) Oh, thank you, God. I was given, I was created a man. I didn't enjoy making them, but I, I created a man. We got honesty in the church, okay? Come on. <laughs> My wife and I are a man and a woman. Love each other. Yeah. This, is our, this year will be our 34th wedding anniversary. Yeah. All my other wives, no, I'm just kidding, come on, no, 34 years, amazing. There's no other woman that could have survived me, I'll tell you what, I love her with everything that I am. We need to count an honor to serve. Imagine, imagine, if you've raised your kids and you're, you need the grass mowed and you're all frustrated because you've got a million other things to do and... Your 14-year-old son comes up and says, Hey, Dad, would it be okay if I mow the lawn? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, hey, son, would you be able to mow the lawn? How would you like your son to respond? No, I'm too busy on PS4. Or is it PS5 now? I don't even know how many games there are. No, I, no, 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 no. I got no, 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 Dad, you know that I need three hours playing games online. (laughs) But how many of you would just really, really love it if your son offered to serve the family? Or when was asked to serve, the response was absolutely, Dad, I'd be honored. 
So we need help in the church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we do. Absolutely we do. We're going to paint the building outside. We need help. We're going to be doing cleanups. We're going to do all sorts of things. We have children's ministry. You know what? I do not think that one or two people should burn themselves out serving while a whole family sits and eats the dinner. It's one thing when you have a wife that loves to cook and serve. And if she wants to put the meal on herself for the family, that's her blessing of service to the family. But it's super awesome when the cleanup and the dishes all start to get dirty and pile up that somebody else or a few others come up and say, hey, can I help you clean up? Nope, nope, yeah, no, no, yes, please. I mean, I've cleaned so many dishes, it's mind-boggling. Well, my wife was the first to laugh, so you know that wasn't true. That was actually not true. I mow the lawn. Actually, I don't even do that anymore. My kids do, so thank you, Jesus. We must, we must live our life with the love of the Father flowing from us, not just to us. If we have the love of the Father flowing to us, the whole purpose is to let it out before you get filled and it stops. People say, well, I want to be overflowing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. In other words, open the tap of his love to everyone around you. And then you become emptier and he fills you more. You become a larger vessel of his presence. We must walk in righteousness innocently. We must believe with no doubt. People say, Brent and Sharon, how could you do what you did? How could you, you know, put these two little babies onto a sailboat and sail out of Vancouver down the coast of, uh, of the Pacific? How could you have done that? You know what? I think back on it. I don't know. I wouldn't do it now. I don't feel like doing it now. But you know what? When you're in the calling of God, He gives you a grace for that season no matter what. No matter what. When I'm out ministering and traveling, sometimes the amount that I preach internationally in a weekend or two weeks back to back, I could never do here. But when I'm there, there's a grace that flows out, an anointing that comes upon. I literally do not get hungry many times physically out of a 10-day trip. I have to force my body to eat because the anointing becomes so strong, my physical no longer uh, gets, the pains and the issues aren't there. It's like I'm just so focused with what God's doing. We should be living a lifestyle that when service opens up, it's not, oh man, I'm just so exhausted, I can't go. If you're so exhausted, you got to watch online all the time. Guaranteed every weekend, every Sunday morning, you're going to be exhausted. When you're exhausted is when you need to push yourself or somebody get a hold of you and drag you out of your house and put them in your car and bring them into the church so we can actually gather together because the enemy wants to destroy the unity because he knows that one puts to flight 1,000, but two in unity puts to flight 10,000. You see, God has called us into such a time as this, that it is not time to be sluggish, lazy. 
or content with just where we're doing life. I'm not content. I'm content in Christ Jesus, absolutely. My Bible says we must, but I'll tell you what. I'm not content in just coming here on a Sunday morning and doing a church and then leaving at noon and going home. That would drive me nuts. Believe with no doubt. When God has called you a son and a daughter, believe it without doubt. Because that understanding of truth in your life throws out the orphan spirit faster than anything else can. We must live a life with power and authority flowing from us. Everywhere we walk, we must live with power and authority. We must think outside of the box. We can't be doing church like some group did 50 years ago. We must be doing church, the body of uh, the bride of Christ, how God is calling us to do it now. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 to 39. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How many of you truly believe that you are a more than a conqueror of every issue and every problem, every sickness, and every disease that might be in your life right now? When decisions come our way that are so big that we're so messed up because we're making such big decisions that we don't know what to do, guess what? God says you're more than that decision. You're more than a conqueror. Yeah, but, 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 but I got a disease, I got a sickness, or I got cancer, you don't understand. No, you're more than a conqueror of that cancer and that sickness and that disease. More than a conqueror, what it means is you're not just to conquer something, you live in the favor and the blessings above the conquering, above the fight. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor anything created nor governments nor whatever rules no matter whatever laws no matter whatever viruses I shall not be separated from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. No matter what your situation in life is, it is critical that we understand what we just read and walk in your true identity as sons and daughters of the King. Your kingship, your royalty. You're not just a person sitting in a chair. Get that lie out of your mind. You're not destined to just come to this church to get your your feathers are tickled. Maybe feathers ruffled, but not tickled. We're here for a reason and a purpose. That is to make and raise and create royalty, priesthood, people walking as princes and princesses across this earth. To walk as world changers in your sphere of influence, whatever that influence is, that you're here to change the world around you. Matthew 19, verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, in other words, with your and my reasoning and thinking, 
What does it say? It is impossible. But with God, <laughs> just a few little things are possible. No! With God, a fair bit of things are possible. No! With God, all things are possible. He's saying to us, that if this cranial matter between your ears is defeating you, then you need a renewed mind in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus never walked in defeat one time on this earth, even when he was being mocked, spit upon, beaten, and the laws came down and were passed to crush him on a cross. He was never defeated. Whippings carrying the burden of the cross. Nails driven in his hand, nails driven in his feet, spear jabbed into his side. He was never defeated. He did not have a mentality. Well, I guess I just give up because it's not working my way. <laughs> Didn't kind of think that was happening this day. He chose to be a world changer. Well, you say, no. No, he's, he's the son of God, exactly. Just like you and me. Well, he chose to hang on the cross. Actually, no, he didn't. Nowhere in scripture does it say he chose that. Matter of fact, he cried out in the garden, saying, Father, take this cup from me. Because his human side started to pop in a little bit. I'm speaking to some of you today that have had a prophetic gifting or calling in your life or someone's given you a word or you know that you're called to be a history maker. And that is your destiny. No lies of the enemy saying, well, I just can't do it. I'm just not good enough. I just don't know. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. God's not a no, no person. He's a yes, yes person. And he's asking us to rise up. He's actually asking us to change this valley. He's asking us to change every city that we're a part of. He's asking us to change this province. He's asking us to change this country. And he's asking us to change this world. Oh, but not me. It's Jesus. No, it's Jesus in you. Well, I don't want to get all puffed up. Don't get puffed up. Just get into the identity of who Christ Jesus is in you and why he died on that cross and why he rose again and why he said all power and authority has been given to him and he gives it to whomever he pleases. Well, I want us to start living lives that pleases him in such a way that you and I get endued and empowered with power and authority like no one has ever seen on this earth before. Because that's our calling and that's our destiny. Because we're to be written in history as world changers. And that won't happen by what you didn't do. It will only happen by what you did do. Let's all stand.
Father God, we thank you for your amazing love and your amazing grace. For your Holy Spirit, it was poured out upon us. A refreshing and a renewing every day. For the new beginnings that we choose to step into today. That we're going to start taking the fancy trim off our doors. And enlarge the doors of our hearts. To receive more, to be empowered by you, O oh God. I ask you, Father, that everyone in this family right here today and everyone watching online right now will say, you know what? I'm going to be a history maker. You see, everyone makes history. Whether you do it wrong, in sin, you're still writing your own history. Or you do it right in Christ Jesus. You're writing it in history. Maybe some of you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Well, guess what? Today is the day that you get to make history. And if you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, I ask you, just with our heads bowed right now, just raise your hands quickly. Just raise your hand and say, I need to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you've given and you just felt that, that you just weren't there and, and you need more and you need more of God. And be, be obedient. Just raise your hand and say, you know what? I just need more of God. I got both my hands up because I need more of God. I'm not letting this world tell me who I am. I'm letting this Bible tell me who I am. I'm not letting the government tell me what I can do. I'm letting the Bible tell me what I can do. No, I'm not talking the laws of the land. You follow the laws of the land. There's honor in that. But I'm talking the laws of the word. I saw those hands anyways. So what do we do? Well, I could keep preaching for another few hours. I only got a little bit into my notes. But preaching isn't to change you. Preaching is to encourage you. It's teaching. It's saying, you know what? You thought you failed, but guess what? You're better than that you're ready to run higher and faster than ever before. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. And I know we need to close because of the gathering we have downstairs. Again, if you feel like in your spirit or your heart you're new to this place and you want to connect with us as leaders because you're fairly new here, if we want you downstairs we're going to fry you up some hamburgers and hot dogs. And if you're a vegetarian just eat the lettuce. you pescatarian, sorry, you got to go to the river and pick one out, because we don't have one. I don't know all the Tarians. But I know one thing. Christianity is on the rise in marvelous ways. And I'm looking at everyone in this house right now. You are history makers. Make the decision today to walk with power and authority more than you did when you came in this morning. Make that choice. Don't let the enemy rob you from it. We thank you, Father. I'm going to call up our prayer team.
Father, we thank you. And if you need prayer in any way, you can come on up. Father, we thank you. We bless the food already in advance for downstairs and all the people that have joined the family here. We just thank you or are curious and want to find out more about Windward. Uh, we just encourage you to be downstairs. But Father, we thank you for you truly are, God, are the God of our lives. And I pray, Father, that we have no other gods before you. I ask, Father, that everyone in this place, uh, Kevin went after miracles. I believe there's going to be more miracles if you come up for prayer as well. I actually see healings in the Spirit right now. I can see it prophetically, healings in the Spirit. So whatever miracle you need, you need to, to get up front at the conclusion of the service and get healed in Jesus' name. There is a wave of miracles. I can see it. Wow, 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 wow. It's like building in, in Western Canada and just like ripping itself across Canada. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. I thank you for everyone that's here. I thank you for the ones that are yet to be invited. Guess who builds? Well, God builds his church. No, actually, you do. You do. Yeah, but I don't even like my neighbor. Yeah, that's a problem. Don't find that biblical. We're going to go to another service here soon because we're filling the house up. That's fine. You know what? We could have services every single day of the week. We own the building, so we're good to go. Build the church, says the Lord. Build the church, says the Lord. Bring the people in, says the Lord. Not because we need more people. It's easier if there was only 10 of us. It's so easy to make decisions. It's amazing. But God didn't say build easy. He said build the impossible. Can you imagine this house originally that was built by County Line Church because they had a revival that broke out and they built this building debt free. The, the, you're a part of it, exactly. The first vineyard of Canada broke out of this church. The second vineyard of Canada broke out of this church, this place, this land. Canada's greatest revival break out. Is it possible? But if you don't believe it, never happen around you I believe it because the greatest revival isn't about numbers it's about the move of God but you know what that wall is actually built on a floating foundation it's designed to be knocked out and double our sanctuary size all things are possible and you know what Maybe we should just keep this for the youth center and build another whole building in the acreage behind us. Who knows? I see recordings, CDs, uh, videos, movies coming out of this house. Worshippers putting out and producing CDs. When I see CDs in the spirit, hardly anyone produces a CD anymore, I think. But it goes on iTunes or wherever it goes. I can see it in the spirit. People coming in in wheelchairs, and the wheelchairs get buried in the backyard. Gang
gangbangers coming in, HAers coming in and throwing the pistols onto the front, receiving Jesus. Is it possible? Yes, 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 it is possible because God wants it to happen. You'll get offended at this probably. So come, follow me. We'll make you fishers of men. Oh no, that's only Jesus can say that. Oh my God. No, come follow us. You're not following me. You don't worship me or Kevin or any one of our team. They weren't called to worship Jesus. What Jesus said, come follow me. He says, grab on to my Father's vision who sent me here to this earth and watch what we can do together. If you're here because of a man or a woman, go somewhere else. If you're here because of God, then this is your family. It's your family. I can't. I'm trying. I've tried for the last 15 minutes to close the service. I see a vision of people on their knees praying and crying out and rejoicing. Birthing this move in prayer. Oh, that's good piano playing. Did you hear that? I guess... I just felt like I was in one of those high-end lounges, you know. Whoa, did you go to the lounge? Guys, I travel all over the world. There's lounges everywhere. And you know what? Yeah, we should come here to the lounge to drink of His presence and His glory. Wow. <laughs> Imagine what the angels are doing listening to this right now. Just a dancing away.
God is fun. And heaven's fun. So we release you guys. Go change the world with the understanding that in the kingdom all things are possible. So Lord, we just pray right now that your fire fall on these guys, that they just go and take it to the world. Our prayer team's ready. If you just need to keep on going, Glenn, if you guys want to come up and just dance before the Lord, this is open. We're a house of celebration. So if you want to stay, you can stay. Again, those that are new downstairs, but we bless you. If you need to leave, go forth. There's freedom.